Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila Season 2. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning. But we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both green juice and tequila. Hello, y'all. This is Mel Offlerbach, and you're listening to another episode of Green Juice and Tequila. I am like so tickled pink to introduce this next guest. Um, She's someone that I feel like, as a woman of Austin, is one of the most inspiring and powerful women that I have have witnessed and being able to meet and chat with. And I'm so pumped to have her on. We have Melinda Garvey and she is the founder of Austin Woman Magazine and On The Dot. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Mel. This is fun. I know. Fun thing to do during quarantine, Oh my right? gosh. I know, right? <laughs> it's the only time we get to have like interaction with people and you guys were doing this through so we video so we can still see each other and see each other's expressions, but it's just like having girl talk for a little bit. It's I know. Nice to I know. And any podcast, it's called Green Juice and Tequila because I'm a tequila girl. <laughs> oh, yes. Girl, there you go. me too. I'm, I'm both but girls I together. I it with green juice. I mean, maybe I should, I mean, that is that a thing? It so is totally a thing. It. Oh, you okay? Well, I have actually next. I have a good recipe for it. It's it's a it's okay. a good little mix. Green juice and tequila works really well. It's actually funny. I've had a couple guests on uh, the podcast last season who had never done a podcast before, and so they're like, "I'm so nervous." It was ten o'clock in the morning, and I usually, if you come to my home, I'll make you a big beautiful green juice if we do a morning recording. And the girls were like do you have tequila? I'm like, of course I have tequila. They're like, we need a shot of tequila. We're so nervous. I'm like, you guys can mix the two together. It'll be yes, fine. Well, it is 1030 and I have not yet had a t- shot of tequila because <laughs> I would be flat on my face. Yeah. yeah. He's like slurring and drooling a little bit. <laughs> That's right. No slurring on the podcast. No slurring on the rules. podcast. Uh-uh. So Melinda, I would love to just hear your journey and your story of how you created such an influential woman magazine and what really like was the aha moment that you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I want to make an impact to our community by doing it this way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I do, I love telling this story only because I think that it's one of those crazy you know, seriously, I stumbled backwards and heels into entrepreneurship. Like I I never, never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. It wasn't like this big dream of mine. So, you know, in order to kind of tell the story, gosh, you've got to go back, jump back like mm, a little over 18 years ago. Oh my goodness. Um, And I had had this amazing career you know, thus far I'd been in my career, I don't know, 10 plus years. And I was always moving up, up, up and just rocking and rolling. I had great bosses. It just, you know, just was grooving when I had moved here to Austin and you know how sometimes you have those jobs that are really, really good on paper. Oh yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had a really good job (laughs) on paper (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, I quickly got in there and, and realized not only did I work with like the craziest, most psychotic wackadoo people on the planet. (laughs) Um, and just, it it was just one of those, but you know, I think that I was a little damaged because I had had this sort of great career trajectory and it's like, you could hear the, the wheels screeching, like, like what is happening here? And so I was in that job for about eight months and it was just, I mean, it was really just getting me like, you know, it was starting to actually, um, you know, I've never been someone who has a lack of confidence, but it was yeah. really starting to eat away at that, that self-confidence and what am I doing? And I was out with some girlfriends one evening drinking some wine as yep. you do. And um, <laughs> we were just, I was sort of lamenting. I was having my own little pity party and, you know, we started talking about, you know, oh gosh, you know, what, what everybody was doing and what should I do next? And one of my girlfriends looks at me and she says, Hey, I just got back from Des Moines, Iowa. And I'm like, really? Like, we're going to talk about your trip to Des Moines, Iowa (laughs) during my pity party? Like, okay, but by all means, please go ahead. And she's like, there was this really cool magazine there called Des Moines Woman. 
And you know what? Like no one's talking about women in this town. Now, remember, mm-hmm. this was in early 2002, okay. you know, during like the first tech boom was happening in yeah. Austin. Everywhere you looked, it was men, 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 men. You never read a story about a woman. You didn't meet. I mean, it was kind of crazy. And I had sort of noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the publishing background, but I wasn't in the women's space deeply. So it wasn't something I had really looked at. And she said, you know, you've got a publishing background. You should just do that. And, you know, it's so funny because that moment is still so crystal clear in my mind. It was like it was yesterday. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I knew in that moment. You felt the fire. That was it. And the funny thing is, is that, like I said before, I had never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't study. Entrepreneurship wasn't even a buzzword back then. I mean, it wasn't this cool, hip, sexy thing that it is now. (laughs) You know, I just had never, ever, ever thought about it. But I was just instantly passionate about this idea. And to be frank, it wasn't like I was just, you know, some feminist and all, you know, really into, you know, women. I mean, sure, I love women and I was always supportive of women, of but course. I never, you know, it wasn't, I, but I just, I knew I was like, this is, it's, it's like, it was a total God thing for me. It was, this is what you're supposed to do. So I literally got up the next morning and, um, I did, I might've taken a couple Advil, um, <laughs> after a few too many glasses of wine <laughs> and, um, I started writing a business plan and two weeks later I left my job and seven months later in September of 2002, we launched the first issue of Austin woman. Melinda, that is incredible for someone to create an idea, spark a business plan, and then have the confidence to leave two weeks later. Yeah. And of course it's, you know, in 2002, which, you know, was just that year after nine 11, it was a crazy time. Economy was crazy. Um, so I, but I just, you know, again, I think part of not knowing anything about entrepreneurship and not about starting your own business, I was sort of like, Oh, well, I mean, it didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about all the things that that could possibly go wrong. So, you know, it's been a really, really interesting journey and, you know, really our mission from, from day one was all about empowering women through the stories of other women. Yep. And I, you know, that, that you got to see it to be, it is just, um, has been our mantra. I mean, even before I didn't, I, I wouldn't have coined that because that's kind of a more recent thing that's, that's been coined, you know, way back then, but really that's what we're all about. It's all about, you know what, if you can see yourself through someone else's story, it's inspirational and it can inspire, you know, women to do. And I've just, I've heard so many stories from women when I'm out at events saying, I read this story and it changed my life. Yeah. Or I read the story and I quit my job and I decided to go for it because I saw that someone else that looked a little bit like me could do it too. Exactly. So it's been super, super exciting. And then, um, you know, to get to kind of where I am currently, um, because, you know, I wasn't busy enough, of course. Of course. <laughs> but several <laughs> years ago, you know, a few years ago, you know, we had a woman running for president and the women's movement, right, was really starting to rev up. And yep. you started to hear so much about everything that was happening. And of course, all of the challenges that women were facing and the big ones that you hear about, you know, inequality of pay and lack of access to capital and lack of access to, you know, continuing education and networks, et cetera. But number one, and this was the, this was the game changer for me. Number one was that lack of access to relatable role models. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Mm -hmm. And I literally, when I read that, I had that same sensation, right? The hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I, and I really kind of actually got angry. I was like, that's just crazy. Like I can fix that. I've been doing that here in Austin. You know, we've been in our own little bubble here, you know, and I'm surrounded by cool women. So I didn't have a lack of, right. I mean, I I had access to all these women. I thought, well, how is that possible? I meet cool women all over the world. And, but it's that they weren't, we weren't showcasing them. People weren't able to see them. So that's really what I said about doing on kind of a national and global level as I started, you know, on the dot really with the same mission as Austin woman, but on a more global level. And then that of course continued to morph and grow. And, um, now (laughs) we are 
a software company. Yes. I know people are probably like, what? <laughs> like, you know, hold on a minute. If I, if, if somebody spaced out during this podcast for a second, they're like, hold on, wait a minute. Now she's talking about software. You're like, what? Yes. Right. It's about evolving with the times. And you're just really projecting that your business can be taken from so many different platforms to be able to share your story and, and share your mission, which is to empower and support and engage in all of these role models in the women community. So that's right. Of course. That's right. I love that and you're who doing knew? that. You could actually develop software to do that, you know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's exciting because again, when you talk, think about, gosh, where, you know, I, I certainly had, I have zero tech background. I mean, less than zero tech ba- background, so much so that a couple of years when I was talking to some years ago, when I was just starting to, you know, starting to develop the software and I was talking to somebody about it and they said, oh, okay, so you have a SaaS company. And I'm like, a sa- yeah, yeah, I'm sassy. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sassy. What do you mean? I had no idea that meant software as a service. Yes. I mean, I seriously, until about a year ago, no, no clue. So, I mean, it, and I think that I, I say that, all, you know, and, and it's actually, that's not a joke. I really did not know what that meant when somebody said it to me. It was kind of <laughs> like, what? Um, but I say that because... I still did it. It didn't yeah. matter that I didn't have a tech background. It didn't matter mm-hmm. that I didn't know what SAS meant. What mattered was that I, I kept trying to solve a problem. And I this, this time, it was really trying to solve this problem within corporate America. And I started speaking a lot at, at you know, big companies like Dell and GDIT and um, NXP and, you know, and speaking to their women's group. And I yeah. would get in there and realize corporate women are far more siloed than entrepreneurial women. I mean, they really, and, and have so many challenges within these organizations and are held back and they're not promoted. And, you know, then, then you layer on, you know, women of color, you know, or any other kind of diversity, you know, it, you know, background lens and it's exponential. And so I really started kind of studying what was going on within corporations. And, you know, again, recently you, we've heard a lot about sort of this, you know, they call it, you know, now DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, and all these initiatives and all these companies that are making pledges and make it taking, you know, that's at their core mission. And they're doing it because they're losing all of their women and diverse individuals mm-hmm. within companies. Yeah. So that's what we really set about to fix is how could we create an environment where if you are a woman or a diverse individual with inside a company, that you could find others like you, that you could have access to mentors, that you could actually day one at a company, you could come in and you could meet people all around the world. I love it. You That's know, brilliant. One office, you meet them everywhere and connect with them and feel like you're a part of it and feel like you're supported and find those mentors and those sponsors and the people that are actually going to help get you to the top ranks. So, and that's the app that you're creating right now. Like this is the platform is that connection for, to role models within all of these corporate companies. That's genius, Melinda. Like that is something that our society needs right now. And that, and, and it gives you really, I feel like it gives women almost that, like that security and that confidence to be able to just at a click of a button, be able to reach out to this person and talk to them and get, um, some advice or, you know, guidance on, on a certain role. So that's pretty incredible that you guys are putting something like that together. That's so exciting. Well, and really it's about building those networks as well. And so the, the, the tool really is, um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, very robust and certainly it's about finding those mentors and we have a mentor matching and it's sort of, we have, you, you're matched with other people that are like you based on things that you put in your profile when you set up. But we also have a three-way introduction tool because, you know, I believe that that is the secret sauce. Like how do we build our networks? How, how, who can you introduce someone else to? And I really mm-hmm. just believe in, you know, paying it forward because yep. it always come back. The influencer always wins. The person who makes the most introductions, who's saying, you know what, Mel, you need to meet Sarah. You need to meet and, and connecting those people that there's so much power in that. And that's how those networks are built. And of course, men have known this for 
you know, since the dawn of time, you know, oh, wait, I got a buddy for that. Let me introduce you to my buddy. Oh, hey, you know, here, let me connect you. That's constant. Women haven't done that very much. We have not done that to that same level. And part of it is because we're coming from a scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and and rightfully so. Right. I mean, you know, it's, we're out there and it's like, okay, you know, there's 10 positions that technically I'm qualified for, but there are nine men and one woman in those roles. So in my mind, I think I have one shot. Yep. A man sees those 10 roles he's qualified for, and he sees nine women and one man, his mindset is, I got 11 chances at that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, there's 10 <laughs> opportunities for me right okay. now. He, so what he, have, right. And the joke, you know, he sees a lot because he's so, I mean, abundant, like, of course, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's all women in it. I'll get it. But, you know, so I think that there's this mindset change, you know, that women and certainly that that crosses over, you know, other to other diverse individuals are, are experiencing these very similar, you know, type of, of sort of that scarcity mindset. So really what we're trying to do is create an environment within a big company mm-hmm. where they see others like them. They see leaders that look like them and yep. say, well, wait a minute, I could do that too. They can find those people that can help them connect and feel supported. And I feel like that is something that Austin Women has done a really great job um, aside from bringing this this idea of networking and bringing people together and in displaying role models aside from creating an app. I mean, we always talk about in the app world, it's like, if you've got a business or a business model and a system that works, and now you can take it into an app platform, you know there's going to be success behind it because you've been practicing this business model for so long. So what has Austin Woman been really doing for Austin's community to be able to bring those role models to light and to, to network the community together? Like, have you guys done those through events? Or you're obviously doing that for your magazine. So I'm just kind of curious, like, one of the, some of the things that y'all have been doing along the way to inspire this new platform platform you're developing? Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it is interesting because it does come from my depth of experience, you know, for the last nearly 18 years, you know, really connecting with women, connecting with diverse women, you know, connecting them to each other um, and sort of building this community. It's about building community. And, and um, a lot of it is through, you know, live events that we've done well, of course, we all know what's happening with live events these days. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see, like, how do we continue to make those connections and build those networks when we can't go out an event with 500 people no. and hopefully walk away with, you know, 10 new contacts? I mean, it just, it's very, very different. So the interesting thing is we actually have two major events um, at Austin Woman, and one of them is in um, what was supposed to be in May. It's our Woman's Way Business Awards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously we can't have 600 people in a room. So we were sort of noodling with like, how do we do this? You know, how do we do a virtual event? We want to certainly celebrate these, you know, these uh, 10 different categories of women-led businesses. But how do we really do that in a real and meaningful way? Because the piece that's missing is that connectivity, right? I mean, look, 90% of the reason you go to to an event is who are you going to meet that's going to help you grow or, you know, that, you know, in some way, you know, we're all going that. Yes, of course, we're going to celebrate, you know, these women as well, but we go for the networking. Yeah. So how do we do that? And so the interesting thing is we are actually, you know, I love it when worlds collide because of course, Austin Woman and On The Dot are completely separate entities. We're sister companies, but we're separate. And so what we're going to do is we're taking our platform that we've built and we're customizing it for our event. So all of the women who are going to attend our event, which is going to be June 17th, can all, will also be able to be on our platform for a year and connect with each other. And we're actually going to build circles of people based on the profiles they fit in, build these networking circles so that when you come to our event, you actually will meet people just like you would if you came to a live event. I love it. And so, and, and I just, it was so, so important to be able to do that and to have that piece so that people aren't just tuning in to watch, but they're, they're watching, but then there's also that networking component. So I think that it's pretty exciting and, and innovative and, you know, something that's really not happening, um, you know, with other virtual events and we're able to do that 
ironically, because of the software platform I built. I mean, so, you know, it's, I love it when worlds collide like yeah. that. And it's so interesting. You know, we're just, you know, what, what I, you know, what we built with, with on the dot is so perfect for the times that we live in and who knew, I mean, it was, it was, you know, there were so many applications now, but now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is now not a nice to have. It's a must have. Yep. And it just, it just so reassuring when we go through times like this, where you're, you're like, this was absolutely supposed to happen. I could not have foreseen this, this phase and this, you know, pandemic that we're in right now that would cause us to not be able to build communities physically in person. But because you created this platform a year ago, like so many people are going to be way behind you while you launch this first amazing, huge virtual event for, for women and for women role models. Like that's, that's so flipping exciting. I I always have, so I have women that come on here and they tell me their stories and, you know, I, I I feel like there's always a common denominator with uh, entrepreneur women or just women in the workforce. There's this balance of work life being a mom or, you know, when they grew up or their background, you're like, I had this, you know, situation and this experience in in corporate America and it just put a fire underneath me to want to shift and start something else. So I'm just curious, like, what was Melinda at like 19 years old? Like, what was that personality? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I suppose much the same, you know, it, it is interesting because, um, you know, like I said, I sort of, I sort of grew up in a time where, you know, entrepreneurship was not a buzzword, right? I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm going to out myself here, but I graduated <laughs> from college in 1989, you know, and it's not that people weren't entrepreneurs, but it wasn't like it is today yeah, where it's course. just there's so much access. And so, you know, I sort of went the traditional route. I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, we go that sort of that route of least resistance. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing things that I was interested in or proud of or excited about. But I think that along the way, you know, it, it, when you look back, I mean, could I, could I say, you know, I, I told you the story of how, you know, how I kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship and it wasn't because something really major happened to me, you know, and so that inspired me to solve this problem. It wasn't, it didn't quite happen like that. However, it's certainly that, that instant passion that I felt was definitely informed by things that had happened to me in my past. I mean, for example, I worked at, I was in marketing as, uh, and, and I worked at radio stations. So I've been in like media stuff for a long time and, you know, radio back then, and this is, you know, 20 years ago and, you know, certainly it's changed some, but you know, look, radio was, I mean, you talk about an old boys network. Yeah. Holy oh. smokes. I couldn't imagine. And chauvinistic and I mean, just kind of like kind of shocking. Like it was, you know, it was just one of those. And I mean, I don't know, I guess I get it. It doesn't really, didn't really phase me as much just because of course, this was the world we lived in. However, you know, there was a major thing that happened and it was actually happened to, I was managing um, some young women employees and there was, you know, the, the GM there was sexually harassing them. And they came to me, and this is sort of when it was just becoming, mm-hmm. you know, the buzz, the Anita Hill, you know, what all that stuff was sort of happening. It was just becoming. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah. So I went to HR, which is what I was supposed to do, a man. Mm. And, you know, the GM, the general sales manager and the GM, everybody, uh, there was all men. And essentially I got shut down and shut out, even though, I wasn't accusing. Yeah, you were just trying to be the, you I was were trying to represent, yeah. right, exactly. I mean, it, and it got, it got ugly and I ended up leaving the company. And, you know, I just think, oh my gosh, I think back about that now and think if that happened today, man. Oh my gosh, it would so be, many lawsuits. I mean, it, just, it would be so, di- right. Yeah. But it just wasn't done. I mean, basically I just got shut down and they were all just, all the men, and this is like the head of HR for a major you know, radio, like national radio company. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah, so, you know, you think back and I go, oh yeah, so that probably struck a chord with you. Some of my passion, yeah. right? You know, you, it wasn't this direct relation, but sure, when I, you know, a lot of the way I think now and, and the, you know, supporting women, I think comes from some of those situations. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that 
like the one thing that I really, really appreciate with what you've been doing and what you've been building in Austin community. But it's like when women come together, that tribe-like essence and that energy of support and understanding and compassion, like that's a strong unit to have. And it's like this undertone, like even just the story you just shared, it's like these women that I felt responsible and protected for, it's like that mama bear comes out and you're like, I'm going to protect them and have their back. Whether it happened to me or not, you can relate to it. That is like, what if this did happen to me? And how, how am I supposed to react to this? And there's going to be a fire that's amongst all women. That's why I feel like there's this Me Too movement. And all of these, these stories are now starting to come out because we all are supporting each other and we feel strong enough to, and more confident now and safe to speak our truth and know that we're going to be supported in the end, which I think yeah. is something that, as you can, as, just from your story, we just didn't have before. Um, How do you feel like Austin's community has evolved over the years being a woman in business? Have you seen growth happen? Have you seen, like, what's the major setback that you've seen a lot of these women businesses endure experience? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I think it absolutely has. I mean, obviously, Austin is booming with female entrepreneurs, and there's so many amazing, amazing um, women out there, um, that are doing phenomenal things and, and really, really big things. Um, and, and, you know, kind of unicorn type of companies and and, which is super exciting. Um, but I, I will say that, um, I think there's an interesting phenomenon still in Austin. You know, there's definitely sort of the entrepreneurial elite, you know, the haves and they're all in a circle, and it's, it's pretty hard to, to break into those. And I will say that, um, you know, just to be super candid, when I, you know, when I started to raise money for, um, you know, for Austin Woman, or excuse me, for On the Dot, uh-huh. I didn't raise money, I bootstrapped Austin Woman, you know, a lot of the reason why I was able to get doors open is because I was vetted. Like people, you know, obviously Austin Woman is a public facing yeah. entity. People knew it had been around a long time. It's well-respected. And so I, I tied to that. I had a lot of doors open, but there were, trust me, there's a lot, I, I you know, I'm around a lot of entrepreneurs all the time and, you know, they didn't, they didn't have that. But I also, um, you know, what I found too, is that I often got the door open, but then I got a little head pat because, oh, I had this cute little local business that Mm -hmm. supports women. Mm -hmm. And even though here I am talking about in the dot and even just this last round, I'm talking about software, you know, people, it, it took people so many times to understand what I was doing. They're like, but I thought you had, had this little cute magazine. You know, what are you talking about? You're local. You know, I was, de- I'm definitely, you know, I always, I was joke, like I'm local schmokel, you know, and I don't see that as a bad thing because I, you know, I love what I do. It's of not, course. but, but it was, it's so different that people couldn't see, well, wait a minute. She's got an enterprise software platform. Like I had to like stand up and jump and scream to yeah. get people to notice. So it's pretty frustrating. And if I had been a man, no way would I've had anybody. I would not have had to jump up and, mm-hmm. and you know, jump and shout and, you know, be like, hello. No, really. I'm not just, you know, little cute Austin Woman yeah. magazine, local. I mean, this is a so it, it, it you know, so you, I still experience that. And I think it's very interesting um, just that phenomenon. And, and it's not even in a negative, like people aren't looking at me going, you know, it's not... But they just have me in a in a box. Yep, they have you in a box. And I think that that happens a lot with female entrepreneurs. You know, depending on their background, depending mm-hmm. on what they've done, people see them one way and just make that judgment. And I don't think that happens as much with with men. You know, they come up with a new idea, and it's like, okay, well, this guy, you know, it's like um, they're multifaceted. They're they're. It's almost like there's an expectation that this man has multiple qualities and resources and a woman you're like, I mean, I, I can completely relate to that. I, my, my community of Austin knows me as the yoga teacher. And so when I would go and pitch to big venture capitalist company all over the country and they're like, Oh, but you're a stay at home mom yoga teacher. How do you, how do you know software? How do you know this? And I felt like I had to sit and explain my credibility of why I knew what the hell I was talking about and the frustrations behind all of that. But so, and what was funny is like, 
a lot of those venture capitalists, I would end up like being like, I need you guys to all close your eyes. We're going to meditate for two seconds because I need you to have a clear head and understand what the crap I'm trying to tell you right now because you obviously are not getting it. So we're all going to meditate right now. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel like we have to almost retrain the consumer, our viewers of who we are and what we are. And, you know, I think that's when we layer in all these like different marketing techniques. I've talked to a lot of marketing people and they're like, you really need to have like four qualities of yourself that you have to train people that you have those qualities. And, you know, when we get stuck in those boxes, it's a, it's a challenge to want to be taken seriously. And I, so I completely can relate to you, the little pat on the head where you're like, wanted to like scream and be like, listen, I'm a strong ass woman. and I know what the crap I'm talking about. Oh my goodness. We have a long ways to go, but I feel like we we're making big strides moving forward. And it's, it's women like you who are sharing their stories and being able to support and spotlight other women that it's, you're going to find your community and someone's going to say one thing that's going to click, be like, that's, that's what I need to start saying because I've heard it from X, Y, and Z. So, um, so you're also a mama and you're married and you run multiple businesses I always am so curious how people have their stuff together and how can balance work life, mom life, and running multiple businesses. What is your key to doing all of those things? So what you really want to know is how do, how do I fake it so well? Yeah, how do you fake it? And what do you drink at night? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I, I have... Um, and of course I don't have it all together. And I think that there, there's so many ways that, you know, I, I, you know, I fall down as a mom and I'm not there and et cetera, et cetera. However, I don't, I think that what's, what's helped me is I, I have never fallen into the guilt thing. Yeah. That's huge. Um, And, you know, there've been moments where I'm like, Oh, I feel a little bad about that, you know, moments, but, but I haven't. And Honestly, I think it has to do with two things, a lot of it. Number one, my husband, who mm-hmm. is, um, not only does he work, he's the CEO of Austin Woman. He kind of now has really taken over that because I'm working on the dot. And so he completely supports everything I'm doing and quite frankly has picked up the slack. You know, the the, the soccer carpool, I've never once driven soccer carpool. He does the soccer carpool with the soccer mom. And, but, and he's been support. So my son has always grown up seeing that. So there's never been this, you know, these, there's never been sort of that, that lack of, but I will tell you something super significant. And, and this is something I tell a lot of female entrepreneurs when they're, when they're feeling down or whatever, is that to really, to understand, um, you know, and really talk to your kids about what you do because there is nothing more empowering, not only to to me, to them as their, uh, you know, as the as the working mom, but also to the child to be proud of their parent, to feel like wow. And I'm going to tell you this little story, um, which I love so much. And there have been a million moments like this with my son. But this was this was sort of that pinnacle of just when you know your kid gets what you do and is proud of you because there's nothing more powerful than that. Oh yeah. And we were watching. This is like what now two years ago. Golden Globes. Oprah is getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. You remember all this? Yes, totally. And speaking, and she was so wonderful and talking about. It. And my son, it was his bedtime, so we are like, oh, he's like, no, mom, I want to watch. I want. Can I just watch this? And at that time he was, I don't know, he was nine or 10. Um, and I was like, all right, you can stay up and, and watch her speech. So he's watching and the whole time he's poking at me. He's like, mom, mom, I'm on, and, and I'm going, shh, shh, I want to hear her. Be quiet, be quiet. I'm just telling him to shush. And he kept going, mom, mom, you know, pulling on me. And so finally at the end, she finally ends. I was like, what is it? He's like, he's like, mom, he's like, Oprah say, like what she's saying is that's the stuff you say all the time. That's what you tell people. And like, so basically Oprah is just a more famous you. I love that. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, like he was listening to her talk about women's empowerment and what the, and he's like, but you say all those things, you do that. And he was so proud. And I thought, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's, what's going to take him into this world. That's, what's going to make him, you know, a husband who supports and champions his wife and doesn't feel less like he doesn't see that. And for as me, for me as a mom, you know, any of those things I've missed and the soccer carpools I've missed, well, I'm, I'm not sad to have missed that. I'm just saying, so shh, you know, uh, but you know, there's a lot of stinky feet when in a, in a car full of 12 year old boys, yeah. I, I get that report from my husband, you know, as he's airing out the car when he gets back, but there is, you know, there's just that power of understanding like, like that that is so good for your kids to feel proud of you. And it's, it's important for them. It's important for their development. So I guess I, you know, when I, I talk to women about that a lot, like when you're feeling sure we're all going to fall down, but bring them into it, tell them what you do and look for those because look for those times when they know, and they're proud of you because that that's the biggest learning moment, right? That's the, that's the, the good part. Um, you know, and the guilt just, just not, it doesn't do anybody any good. Doesn't exactly. Do the kid any good, doesn't do the mom any good. I literally love that piece of advice. I can relate to that so much. Like just, you know, explain to your children what you're doing. And I love that your son totally compares you to Oprah and how powerful you are. (laughs) Like you're, you're doing a good job, mama. You are, you really are. You're raising a good man. You're, do, you're like making such an impact on the Austin woman community. And again, I am like so grateful to have you on here. I want to shift gears a smidge just a little bit. I love to play games on my podcast episodes called 20 Questions, just so we can get to know this other side of our guest. So would you want to play 20 Questions with me? Sure. I'll play 20 Questions. All I'm, right. I'm terrible at these things, like these <laughs> quick answers, but I'll, I'll go for Let's it. Let's do it. Why not? Okay. Are you a red wine drinker or a white wine drinker? Both. Ooh. What's and your- I, I love both equally. I love wine and I often start with white and I will move on to red, but I really, I enjoy, I enjoy both. I'm, you know, big into wine. So, so we're, we're a wino over here. Are we, now are we a coffee or a black tea drinker? Coffee. Coffee. And do you, how do you take your coffee? Are you like a I black? I take it with, with fat-free half and half and stevia. Love it. Um, what is your favorite thing to do in your downtime, if you have any downtime? <laughs> oh gosh, um, probably just read. Uh, and I, I love and it look. I, and then I know the next person will be like, "Oh, what are you reading?" And I'm supposed to be reading all these sophisticated books. Oh, Let yeah. me tell you my little secret. Okay. So I'm, you know, an Amazon Prime member and I have a Kindle and every month at the beginning of the month, they send you like your free, you get to pick your free book yeah. and they, they like tee them up. And I just look through and I, I read some of the greatest books. I couldn't tell you what they are, but like, I just pick one <laughs> and it's not that I don't read recommended books too, but that's really how I, you know, it's kind of just escapism for me. I love so. that. Love that. Um, what is your, what TV series show are you watching right now? Especially during quarantine and mm. binging on Netflix or a documentary. Like I what's, know, what's the thing I you're know. watching? I know. Well, and, and, you know, just like, I'm so sad when things end. I'm like, I no, know. but um, actually I saw this, a friend of mine had posted it on Facebook. So I am watching um, the Durrells from Corfu. Ooh. So it's about, it's this, it's this British family that moves to the island of Corfu in Greece and um, it's just a hilarious antics. And, and I always love, I always look for, the, the, it has like five or six seasons because I hate it when this one season you watch it and then you're like, oh. Yeah. So yeah. So I, anyway, but it's, it's delightful. It's a PBS, but you know, they have it on Amazon Prime. So Ooh, I'm going to have to watch I'm that watching. one. I just, we just binged good. Ozark. I don't know if you oh, watched that. Oh, is it good? With Jason Bateman in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of that'll a good one. It's a little look. dark. You're probably going to have to go right for the red wine on that one. Just, okay. just a little <laughs> FYI. Um, what is your biggest fear? Oh my gosh. Um, my biggest fear. Jeez. I mean, uh, you know, I, I suppose there's so many, I mean, obviously just the, the health of my family, certainly during this time, you yeah. know, there's all this worry and even just the you know, just mentally a 12, you know, locking a 12 year old boy up inside. He has not seen any of his friends in eight weeks. Period. 
um, you know, is pretty hard. So there's that. And then of course, you know, I think what everybody else is very now too, you know, that have businesses like, look, it, it's, you know, this is not a slam dunk, you know, Austin woman is struggling yeah. and we work real hard. So there's a lot, there's a lot of anxiety, but I'm just really trying to channel that into flexing every entrepreneurial muscle I have in my body yeah, and girl. pivoting. And, you know, that's the best way to overcome fear. Yep. I love that. Um, Okay, if you are stuck on an island and you can bring three things with you on that island, what would those three things be? Oh my gosh. Okay, so it'd be, oh, this is going to sound terrible when I say it though. <laughs> okay, and these are things. I'm not going to let, you know, don't, I'm, I'm not going to list the people. No. I mean, I'd obviously bring my people, but yeah. I would bring um, wine. I would bring tequila uh-huh. and I would bring um, the barbecue wife margarita mix because I don't know if you've had it, but Catherine style, she's Ooh. fabulous. Look it up. Okay. Barbecue wife. You can't keep it in the HEBs, but it is fresh lime, <sighs> Texas smoked honey, and that's it. Like it is truly, it's a purist. It's not overly sweet anyway. So the best stuff, because I couldn't live without my margarita. Oh either. my gosh. That sounds amazing. I'm writing that down yeah. right now. What do you do for your self-care regimen? Oh, gosh. Um, well, whenever I go on vacation, which, you know, not probably not going to be for a while, but <laughs> I love to get massage, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, that's always a vacation treat. Unfortunately, I should probably do it more. Um, you know, but I think just just having time with my friends um, you know, I, i make a real effort, you know, it's not always easy to figure it out, but I'm sort of the ringleader and getting people together and just, just being able to, you know, have a glass of wine and talk about everything is just, is really, really important. Yeah. I completely feel you on that one. I miss, I miss that right now so badly. I like thrive I know, off of too. my, off of my girl groups. What is your most memorable moment or memory in your life? Mm, gosh, um, that's a really hard one. I, know, I mean, gosh, there's so, you know, I think that, um, you know, there, there are a couple things that are super profound. I mean, number one is, um, my brother passed away when he was 26 of cancer. Mm. So that is something that's really, um, and just sort of how my family got through all that. So that's really kind of an an indelible memory, but has a lot of like positives from it. And just, you know, in kind of a, a weird way, but just the kind of the coming together of my family and how we got through that. And then, you know, the other thing I think that's, you know, was also kind of a coming together story is when I'm trying, you know, tried for two years to have my son, we had to have um, IVF and went through all the ups and downs and the craziness. And, you know, just that moment when you find out you're pregnant, right. And then yes. it's, you know, it's happened and this Aww. miracle baby. And so, um, you know, those are two really, and just, and you know, it's, Again, the coming together story, a really tough time. I think yeah. just, um, you know, just my husband and I were just all in. We are a team. And it was a really actually, you know, positive time in a weird way. I love that. Those are some impressionable memories. Oh, my goodness. Um, what is your most cherished possession, whether it's an item or a thing or your most cherished possession? My most cherished Session. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm um, promising the next couple of questions aren't very deep. So, <laughs> well, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, all these people say, like, what do you, when I, you know, ask, like, what do you can't live without? Well, they can't live without my phone, my computer, my most cherished, cherished possession. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I, I guess, in a way, I'm sort of glad that I just don't have, I don't know, I just don't have a thing that is just like, <gasps> you know, I, I have to. To, you know, that's this so important to me. No. It's it, it's kind of weird, you know. I mean, I can think of sort of some silly stuff, but oh yeah. I mean, there's like uh, I had a friend of mine. She had like an army jacket that was her grandpa's, and she like totally designed it to be this cute cropped army jacket that she could wear all the time. She was like, "That's my most cherished possession." But <laughs> you know, like you live life to the fullest, friend. Like you're, yeah. you don't have time to sit there and think about Just all stuff. that stuff. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you a mountain girl or an ocean girl? Oh, an ocean girl. Where's Absolutely. Your, where's the favorite place you've traveled? 
Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I loved, I love, love, loved Greece. We went to mm. Greece a couple of years ago. Mm. We went on a cruise um, and the people, and it was just so beautiful and the people were friendly and happy. And I don't know, it was just a really good experience. Like we were just talking about that the other day about how we definitely want to go back and do a lot more of Greece. Oh. I just loved it there. It's so gorgeous. That's on my bucket list. I want to do a yoga retreat there. It's it's I'm I'm manifesting maybe twenty twenty two maybe. Yeah. Um, yes. What's your favorite food? Oh gosh, my favorite food. Um, you know, I really love um, ahi tuna, mm. like a good seared rare ahi tuna with a little wasabi and soy. Yum, girl. Well, what's your Love favorite? It. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin then? Oh my gosh! Okay, no, so hard. you know, full disclosure: when you talk about being a mom and an entrepreneur, like everybody says, "Oh, well, you own Austin Women Magazine, so you must go out to all the hip spots and know every place." No, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't go anywhere. You know, I mean, I'm going to soccer games on the weekend, and we're doing. I'm working all the time. I mean, yeah. I'm not going out all the hot spots, you know, I, I have no clue. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it is super funny. And then when we do go out, you know, we go out close to home, but I will say I, we have a place in Galveston and my favorite spot is literally it's on the West end. It's called Nate's and it is seriously, it's a double wide, no lie, a double wide. No way. Yep. On the beach, but they have such great, like fresh snapper. Mm. They do an amazing seared tuna. And literally it's just like, it's just like this little dive place, but all the locals go there and it's awesome. So that's my recommendation. If you come to Galveston. Oh, well, I'm definitely, Nate's, I got it. Double wide. Um, what's your Zodiac sign? Do you know? Oh, I'm a Leo girl. I mean, hello. I know. Like I I knew it. Like she's something fiery. (laughs) Leo baby all the way. (laughs) Yeah. What is your, what's your favorite movie? Mm, you know, um, I, I love, love actually that yeah. movie. I just, there's, so, I, I don't, I'm not a one to like watch movies over and over again. I just never have been that one. I could watch over and over. I don't know what it is about it. I just, it's just, I don't know something about it. I love it. I love that. That's a good movie too. Um, okay. I've got two more questions ending this for you. One's right. a deep one. One's not so deep. What okay, is I'm ready. what is your mantra? Mm, uh, well, I, absolutely, I live. You got to see it to be it. I mean, it's something that I've just believed to my core. Um, it's something. I mean, it's obviously my business. It's my business model. It's what I do. It's what I talk about. Um, I, I mean, I think that's that's so. It's just so incredibly important. And, you know, women need to constantly have that at the forefront of their minds because you got to seek it out, right? Go find, go, go out there, find resources where you can see it. Read Austin Woman Magazine, listen to your podcast. There's so many resources out there, but you've got to put that in front of yourself. Yep. I love that. Okay, mama. My last question. Are you green juice or tequila? (laughs) <laughs> I'm definitely tequila. tequila. Although I do love green juice. You can be both. Saw, didn't, you have, didn't you have a daily juice that I just saw? Oh, okay, yes. Okay. Yes. So, yes, my friends, Joni and Carrie Frieden, own daily juice. It's locally owned. Oh. They are awesome. Awesome. I love so, it. Oh, yes. They're they're really fabulous people and, um, you know, definitely. I feel like in Austin, we have a plethora of juice opportunity and tequila opportunities. Lots of tequila in Austin. Yeah, and I do love, if y'all haven't tried, so Dolce Vita Tequila, who I love them. They're just amazing people, and they're so supportive. We we do events with them, et cetera. But they have these flavored tequila, so they're grapefruit tequila. And it is, it's not, you think, oh, is that like sweet? It's not. It's just really subtly, they use all natural, it's subtly flavored. Mm. So I basically do a little bit of grapefruit tequila, then a little bit of just silver plain tequila. You know, you got to have two yeah. shots, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, not I want to have a girl's night with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like squeeze a whole fresh lime in there. Mm. So you know, both have, squeeze a whole fresh lime in there and then top it with barbecue wife margarita mix and a salted rim. Girl, I'm going to have to put this recipe Killer. on this podcast Killer. description. 
That sounds awesome. Yeah, so good. Is. So yeah, very, very refreshing. Oh, I love it. Refreshing. But I limit myself to one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, two and a half shots are in there. It's all good. One stiff drink a night. Yeah. Um <laughs> Girl, I am so grateful, Melinda, for having you come on and be a guest on this podcast and supporting this women's podcast. And I'm just incredibly honored to have you on and to hear your stories. And, um, you know, I feel like I got so much out of this just listening to you speak. And I would love to be able to share with our listeners and viewers how they can support you and your businesses and what's your next thing. I mean, we're excited for this platform you're going to be launching. Like, how, how, how can we find out what you're doing? Okay. Well, I've got, um, I've got two, two things actually, you know, we talk about Austin woman and during the time, you know, we're in, it's pretty tough right now. You know, we're, we've had a lot of advertisers that have had to pull because they're businesses that are struggling. And so, um, we are for the first time ever offering subscriptions. So you can go to, I am austinwoman.com and you can have the magazine mailed straight to your house. And there's also an opportunity if you want to lean in, you know, Austin woman has been free for 18 years and will continue to be free where you can pick up everywhere. But if you love what we're doing, um, you know, I always say people, this ain't no get rich quick scheme. So, you know, if you can do anything to support us and, you know, every little bit helps, we sure would appreciate that. And that's all at IamAustinWoman.com. And in terms of on the dot, you know, we are really, the, the our software platform is, um, it is finished. It is ready to launch. We're having a lot of great discussions. So, you know, if you know anybody inside, you know, a company that is, you know, in sort of the diversity and inclusion space or the HR space, and, and you want to check out what we're doing, you can go to on the dot diversity.com, um, and check out our software and we would love to give you a demo. Oh my gosh, I love it. And y'all, I'll be sure to put all of this information in this podcast description and also, you know, follow y'all on social media. I love everything that you guys are doing right now there and being able to listen to some of these live episodes that you're doing with some amazing women around the area. So again, so grateful. And thank you guys so much for listening to Green Juice and Tequila. If you love this episode, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe. And I would love to see you guys around soon. Thanks so much, y'all. 